Shalom Aleichem, Mishnah Yomi, is holding in Hagiga. We're in chapter 2 of Hagiga, Mishnah 6, Mishnah Vav. Now, yesterday we got onto the topic of Tuma and Tahira, meaning ritual purity and impurity. Now, the laws of Tuma and Tahira are quite complex. When we get into Seder Taharot, towards the end of Mishnayot, the end of Shas, and Kalim and Yadayim and the like, we will discuss these laws in more detail, but they do come up throughout Shas and are particularly important during the regal, during the festivals, when people would come up to Yerushalayim and they'd want to eat that shalmei chagiga, that shlamim, that sacrificial meat, so they had to become tahor to do so. If they wanted to cook it in their pots and pans, they had to get those tahor or get new ones to do so. So the, the laws are quite complex. Uh, yesterday we did see there are five levels. There's chulin. Chulin is regular food that people eat normally. Meiser, referring to, to Meiser Shani, which is the separated from the crop eaten, eaten only in Yerushalayim. Truma is the portion given to Kohanim. Kodesh is parts of sacrificial meat or menachot for Kohanim. And also Mechatat, the para aduma water, which was given stringencies even above and beyond uh, Kodshim. So Mishnah Vav picks up with another ramification of this concept that there are different levels of Tuma and Tahara. Basically, if something's at a higher level, it's easier for it to become contaminated, and people handling that item need to be more careful. So Mishnah Vav, a tovil l'chulin, somebody goes into the mikvah for the purpose of eating chulin, chuchsak l'chulin, and so now he had in mind to be Tahor enough for chulin, asr l'maiser. He can't rely on that immersion to eat maiser sheni. He'd have to go again. Now, really, one does not have to go in the mikvah before they eat lunch if they're only eating chulin. So we mentioned yesterday, if someone's eating bread of chulin, our sages required al-natila siyadayim, the washing of the hands, as we do today. So why is someone going in the mikvah just to eat regular chulin? Well, there were many people who were scrupulous to engage in, in being tahor and being ritually pure, even for eating their chulin, such as kohanim, who regularly were given truma, Kohanim on their shift in Yerushalayim would be eating kojim, so they would want to be in the habit of keeping themselves and their vessels and everything pure because they were regularly handling truma and kojim and the like. But we see from this Mishnah that somebody goes in the mikveh with intention for chulin, they can only eat chulin. The Mishnah continues, Tavol lemaiser, he goes in the mikveh for maiser sheni, huchsak lemaiser, he had in mind to be tahor, to be pure on that level, asr truma. so he can't go to the next level higher Truma, which is more stringent than Maser. Tavol truma again, if somebody goes in the mikvah for the sake of eating truma, this is a Kohen. Huchsak truma so now this Kohen is ready to eat his truma. Asr Kodish. so they show up with, uh, you know, a piece of a shlamim, and they say, here, you could eat this. So actually, he can't eat it until he goes back in the mikvah with the having in mind to be prepared for kojim. And the Mishnah adds the last case, Tavol Kodish. he goes in the mikvah for kodesh, for sacrificial items. Huchsak Kodish. he had in mind to be tar for that. Asr lechatat. He can't then go and handle mechatat, the famous para aduma liquid, which renders people who had contact with a dead body ritually pure. The Mishnah concludes, Tavol lechamor. If he goes in with the intention of being pure for the most stringent, mutzer lekal. He could certainly handle or eat something less stringent, less susceptible to contamination. Belohukzak kilu lo tavol. Tavol Huxak, somebody went in the mikvah without anything in mind. You know, he's just going in the mikvah. Oh, I might have touched something. I'll just go in the mikvah. He didn't have in mind that he wants to handle truma. 
Like he has to go back and do it over again. He had no intention to become pure. We see from here an important concept in life. If you want to be involved in anything complicated, anything higher level than just regular, ordinary, day-to-day life, you need to have intention. You need to have a plan. And you need to try to purify yourself, to focus your intentions and figure out what specifically you need to do and in what order to attain your goals. Great, let's go on to Mishnah Zion. Big day Amha'aretz, the clothing of an Amha'aretz. This is a less educated person, somebody who's not as careful with contamination. Midras Leprushim. They are considered Midras. This is a certain type of Tuma generated by a Zav or a Zava uh, or a woman who had given birth sitting on that item. It then becomes Tame Midras. It's medras for prushim. Now, prushim is, means the separated ones. It really refers to the people who are very careful about keeping a strict level of tahara, such as the people we mentioned in the last Mishnah who might want to handle even their hulin, even the regular food, they would handle it and treat it with stringencies of tuma and tahara because they would regularly be handling truma or kodshim. They wanted to be in that habit and not make mistakes. So basically, the Mishnah is saying someone who's a parush, who's very careful, shouldn't borrow the jacket from a regular Amaaretz off the street who's not careful, you know, unless he's going to take it to the mikvah first. Mishnah continues, Big day prushim midras truma. Even if someone's a parush, it, his clothing, his utensils would still render contaminated someone who eats truma. That's a higher level. Big day ochle truma, the garments and vessels of someone who eats truma regularly, a kohen who's regularly eating truma and is careful with his tara, midras lekodesh, that can contaminate sacrificial items, sacrificial foods. And finally, big day kodesh, the vessels, clothing of someone who is tahor enough to handle kodesh, midras lehatat. It would be, you know, be something that renders tame mehatat, the para aduma water. Now, the Mishnah gives some examples of people who are well-known at the time. Yosef ben Yoezer, haya chosid shebegahuna. Yosef ben Yoezer, he was the chosid. He was very pious, very careful, very scrupulous among the Kohanim. So, obviously, he was eating truma on a regular basis, being a Kohen. He was very careful with the, the contamination of it. Bahaita mitpachto midras lekodesh. And yet his handkerchief, this mitpachat is like a hand towel or a handkerchief people would carry around. And it's something that technically, yeah, you could sit on it, uh, or rest your head on it, and it become midras, technically, if someone's tame. So it was midras le kodesh. It was considered midras, someone eating kodesh. Even though this, this individual is a gadol ador, he's a great sage, he's very careful, but he's very careful on a certain level, uh, you know, for truma, so it's not careful enough for kodesh. And another example is Yochanan ben Gudgada haya ochil atar de kodesh kol yamav. He would eat everything on the level of Kodesh, even his Hulin, even his Meiser Sheni. He held to the highest standard. He was a Kohen, and he, you know, perhaps he was lived near Shalim, ate a lot of Kodesh, went to the temple. So he wanted to do everything on that highest level. But even so, Haitamit Pachto, Midras Lachatat. His handkerchief was considered Tame Midras for Mechatat. For people who handle Mechatat, couldn't use his Kalim without purifying them first. Tomorrow, Bezat Hashem, we start chapter 3, the final chapter of Chagiga. Tizkul mitzvot, basura tovot.